0: Welcome to Executive Tools, Ditch the Ladder, part one. This cast answers these questions. How do executives manage their careers? Is career management the same for managers and executives? What is the career ladder for executives?
1: Well, if you want answers to these
0: questions and more,
1: keep listening. Hey, folks. Another reminder here about the M Conference coming up October 26th and 27th in Chicago. Thought I'd just run down our speakers for you, so you. some of you may know these folks. L. Logis, the Chief People and Culture Officer of Flexera, will be talking. Kevin Hill, who is the CEO of Pivotal Systems. Some of you may know John Hoffman, longtime community member, friend, and client of the firm. John just retired and made Kevin another community member, CEO of his firm. Patty Collins, who's the Deputy Director of the Government Publishing Office. Some of you may know Hugh Halpern. She's his deputy. Bill Madden is a supply chain and technology executive, one of the coolest people I've ever listened to talk. Maggie Tucker, who you may have heard in a podcast before talking about frugality, she's going to talk about how that makes a difference in decision making. Nathan Nipper, the general manager of space systems projects at L3 Harris, who gave a recent talk on the Video Speaker series about saving the F-35 project in the United States defense industry. Dan McGuire is back, he's a managing partner of his own advisory service, a consulting firm. And Dave Walsh is the vice president of supply chain and customer experience for Barry Global, just an absolutely great guy. And Ron Long, who's the EVP of sales and marketing at Premier Truck Group, you may know their owner, who is Roger Pinsky, who owns the Indy 500. And finally, Angel Wilman, who's a manager of Thermal Fluids down at the Southwest Research Institute, one of America's national treasures, and she is just an outstanding speaker as well. So, a great list of speakers, and that's not even the best part. The best part is the community you'll join and the network that you'll have available to you as you get to know the people over the two days, and you'll also get access to our video series to say nothing of the five years worth of license you'll get. I hope I see you there.
0: We've talked about career ladders and all that kind of stuff for sure. junior folks all the time. And I think I knew it, but I haven't heard you quite say it the way I think you're going to say it today, that where junior executives think there is an executive career ladder, <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> they and, do. And when you describe it, and you'll, I, I'm stealing your thunder, but when you describe it as The Matrix, I thought, that was absolutely brilliant. I've never thought of it that way. Never, dude. But it was absolutely brilliant.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I I ended up with Matrix, but for the last two months, I've been toying with bubblegum and cotton balls. (laughs) Bubblegum and cotton cotton balls. balls. Which probably reminds you of my oatmeal analogy, which you made me kill (laughs) for for the Effective Communicator Conference. But yeah, sometimes I'm talking to people and I just – they're just not following me and the questions seem random and they seem out of touch with the topic. And I picture their brains as being full of cotton balls and bubble Bubblegum bubble oh, gum kind of holding it together. And it appears to the have- dark no mark appears early in the show. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and when it comes to executive careers, that's not far off. Okay.
0: So, you know, most professionals assume that they're our career ladders, you know, something like Jacob's ladder from the Mm -hmm. Bible, right? Get that reference. And that ladder, like Jacob's ladder, went all the way to heaven. And they think once you start your career, you have to manage it to be successful. You got to stay on the ladder. And someday, someday, you'll have a chance to get to heaven. And most people, those people who don't know better, think of heaven as becoming the CEO somewhere someday, right? Yeah. And you're going to tell us they're wrong. <laughs> oh, you might think that. What a shocker. What a shocker. Yeah.
1: And folks, I'm in,
0: I'm in the same camp as you all are, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so we actually have a long cast. Uh, I wrote this one in record time. It just flowed right out of me. It only took me three hours. And for a cast this long, which definitely would be a two-parter, hypothetically even a three-parter, uh, it would normally take six or seven hours. It was so much fun. So first item, Ditch the Ladder. Second item, welcome to the matrix. (laughs) Uh, And by by matrix, we do not mean code. Number three, results and relationships, which actually causes some people to stumble a little bit. Number four, we're going to revisit open to opportunities. Number five, I think I said we have seven, we have six. Uh, Number five is taking recruiters' calls. That's something that we teach, but we need to remind everybody in the executive world takes on significant additional weight. And the last one is a question that we've talked about before, but I don't think as in its own cast, and it's a particularly important executive issue, which is the question, if not you, who? Okay. So yeah.
0: talk about the latter, explain what yeah. that is and then tell us to ditch it.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. So you're right. I mean, people think of Jacob's ladder, right? Everybody's conception of of a career ladder, and I, I would argue that that is exactly what HR needed to call it to satisfy what people wanted to know. I mean, I get i uh, once a month I'm talking to somebody who says you're not going to believe it. Guy's been here three months, and he says, "Okay, when do we talk about me getting promoted?" <laughs> I, like I said. Uh, Is his name Captain Never? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or better yet, when you've earned it. It goes right up there with what's Manager Tools guidance to, can I have a raise? Well, the answer is no. And when you think that there's a ladder, when HR created that phrase, it was for people and they loved it. Like, okay, yeah, there's a ladder. I can climb it. Unfortunately, rungs on a ladder are evenly spaced, right? You can see every rung. It's clearly laid out in front of you. You can slip, but you'll still be fine on the ladder. And careers aren't really that way. It's much more complex. But that's the conception people have. And you're right. The ladder that everybody hopes will take them to heaven, a simplified, simplifying it a CEO job, the mistake they make is believing it goes all the way to the top. And it does not go all the way to the top. Yes, there is a career ladder early on, we think most people overestimate its importance it creates too much verticality and linearity for the natural human discussions that you know that that matter in terms of who's ready now and ready next which is the name of a manager's podcast about succession planning the latter that everybody talks about much to their chagrin stops short of the top it basically stops, in fact, at the executive level. And if you have that analogy and you think it goes to the top, it's a very bad analogy for you making career decisions with. And I'll just call a spade a spade. If you have learned how to climb the ladder in your organization and you think your ladder keeps going up, you've probably so internalized the lessons of that ladder, you don't even realize you're behaving. In a way that is designed Mm. to get you up the ladder when the ladder ceases to exist and you continue to behave that way without consciously really thinking about it you wonder why your old behavior is not producing the old results which is another promotion another move another raise whatever and the reason why is because your worldview is wrong and the behaviors you're engaging in are not the ones that are going to make the most difference It's not that you're any less capable. It's just that your worldview, your conception of what you need to do, is so embedded that you make poor choices. And we don't mean to make anybody feel bad about this. This has been true for the last seventy-five years in modern organizations.
0: Yeah, and if you're lucky in your career, somebody points that out to you at some point, and you get a chance to grow. Um, Yeah, but if you don't have that person, you got Mark. So, (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) so folks, if you want to have a shot at the top job. You've got to ditch the ladder and you've got to start thinking differently about your career once you become an executive. If you're listening to this as a manager aspiring to be an executive, great. You can start paying attention to what you've learned and what you need to unlearn about your ladder um, because I, I also tried to work in here how precarious it feels to stand at the very top of a ladder when now suddenly you don't have four points of contact, you only have two points of contact. Most people do not want to get on that top step of the ladder. In fact, I think there's a thing on the top of the ladder that says, "Don't stand here." Don't. Right? Stand here. <laughs> it's bad. I never put that together, but that's awesome. You might you might fall to earth. Don't stand here. Now look, let, let's talk for a minute though, cuz I I talk to people every once in a while and they say, "Well, every once in a while I get I get the impression that you and Mike and and Kate and Sarah to some degree are trying to get me to want to be CEO. And folks, if I've ever left you with that impression, because I'm in a good mood, I'll say, I apologize. If I were in a bad mood, I say, you're just wrong. I never, I never said anything like that. But look, there's nothing wrong with not wanting a top job. Nothing. Now, let's be clear, as a general rule, wanting the top job is very close to a prerequisite for getting it. The level of effort it takes, the sheer tenacity, folks, it's nearly beyond understanding. Many people who are totally capable of being a good CEO flame out before they get there because it just takes an incredible amount of work. I don't have any statistics about divorces at executive level, but. I'm guessing they outpace the norm or the average because somebody says, you know, I've been working 60 hours a week for the last 15 years, but now I need to up it to 80 and the kids are in high school. Yeah, that's a, you know, mm-hmm. you got you to be clear about your yellow peanut M&M in the sun on that one. So so again, it's okay if you don't want the chop job. And if you don't want the top job, you will likely shy away from what it takes to get there, which is fine. That's good. And yeah, it's certainly true. These things aren't black and white. They're general rules of practice. Um, There are stories of very successful CEOs who did not aspire to it and ended up in in the role. So if you want to think of it this way, you got that going for you, which is nice. And if it helps you feel better about not wanting the top job, Many who do desire it and then get it admit that their first thought once they have it is, is this all there is? And by the way, they assume for once I'll not have a boss. Well, suddenly they realize they have a board and they have 12 bosses, all of whom were egomaniacs. No offense to board members. You have to have a good bit of ego to operate at that level. And they all think you're boss. So you went from one boss to 12.
0: Well, some people believe that just even wanting the top job somehow corrupts others. Uh-huh.
1: So, yeah, so so that's an interesting one. They think that the desire is a corruption. They think that you should not by moral definition aspire to the top job. And and look, let's be clear. There are many executives whose first thought is of themselves, right? They make decisions that benefit themselves and they prove very callously the dangers of the laws of suboptimization which is one of my all-time favorite laws and frankly for those people and you know who they are around you it's okay to want them to fail a little Schadenfreude is good it's a great german word but i can also tell you this you don't wait need to waste a lot of energy on those people who desire the top job and then behave selfishly to get it i've coached many of them and deep down inside, they know they're wrong. And no amount of money or power will ever fill the hole that they have inside themselves. If you have a hole inside yourself, external things will not fill it. Now, we can hope for their conversion. Sometimes it happens, and that's that's a good thing. And by the way, that person, that callous person, that selfish person, the corrupted person who wants it for the wrong reasons is... What gets people's attention? It's certainly what makes the news. It's certainly what people talk about. But the fact is, most execs who aspire to the most senior of positions do so out of a genuinely good interest to serve others, serve the, the organization, and to serve their society and their community. They believe, as we think all manager tools and executive tools, listeners and community members should believe, That leadership is a trust and it's a matter of service. If those things resonate with you, but you don't aspire to the top, perhaps you should consider aspiring to the top. And let's give the selfish climbers some solid ethical competition. Yeah. Okay. So the ladder, the ladder doesn't exist at the top right we the ladder goes up into the clouds but it doesn't go to cloud 9 or it doesn't go to the heaven cloud whatever that is cloud 99 right it just ends at the clouds you can't see into it those who are aspiring spend a spare, fair amount of time thinking oh, i wonder what happens there there's a very famous political cartoon it's, it's not really political but it but it's a cartoon and it shows a cloud in the air with a couple of people very comfortable on it. They've got very nice chairs and they've got a TV maybe and they're reading the paper maybe. This is from a number of years ago. And the title of their cloud is Cloud 8. And then above them, there's another cloud. And the people up there are dancing and there's music and everyone seems exuberantly happy. And that cloud, of course, is Cloud 9 and the people on cloud eight are saying to, to each other i wonder what goes on up there <laughs> and i think that's what a lot of managers think about executives about what they do and so on they certainly see them using power and there are plenty of people who want more power thinking magically that with that much power i could get done the things i want to get done which is literally the exact opposite of what happens when you become an executive you get tied into the matrix and suddenly you're limited in different ways than you would expect if you're looking up as a manager. But when the ladder ends, how do you need to think about your career? And that's why this part of the cast is called Welcome to the Matrix. Again, we mentioned Jacob's Ladder. When it's represented graphically, it shows it reaching into the clouds. If you use that starting point or that ending point, it's right about careers, except, again, clouds are not heaven. They're just... The bottom of the executive playground area the top of the career ladder what people think of as the career ladder ends at the clouds of the executive level and this is what's important about what we're seeing here where things are less linear less vertical less known less measurable less formal less predictable less obvious less logical less clear yeah
0: Absolutely heaven. Absolutely yes, heaven. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Not my heaven.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and Mike and I. For those of you who don't know, Mike and I are both engineers. So the idea of less logical, less predictable, less obvious, less clear, less linear. I yeah.
0: Why would I want to be in that world? <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But many of us do.
1: Yeah, but it's all people world up there, right? Um, there are no ladders in the matrix. None. Ladders get us from point A to point B vertically. But in the executive career matrix, folks, there are black holes and wormholes and empty space and dark matter, which, by the way, people don't seem to know this. The dark matter was just posited by a genius, super smart person, but nobody's ever proved it. It was just like, this is our explanation for why the universe is doing what it's doing. But so, In other words, things will happen that make no sense to you, and you will have to come up with a rationale, an explanation, an explication for them. And you'll realize the only thing you can think of is something that doesn't exist. There's all kinds of empty space. There's no roadmaps up there. Why do we think there's no roadmaps? Because there are no roads. And it's not like you get a DeLorean, so you don't need roads. And things happen that are inscrutable. It gets even worse if you don't have relationships. If you have relationships, you can piece together bits and pieces of story from six or seven of the friends and you end up with a puzzle and going, oh, I I can see exactly what happened. And I know now why it happened because it's payback for that thing a year ago where he did that thing with the project and did so well, but didn't get promoted the way he thought. And now they're paying him back it's almost like when the umpire in baseball misses a strike for one team he pays it back with the next team and misses a strike as well just kind of even things out
0: well it's kind of like i mean it feels a little bit like you're blind in this land and if yeah if you're a blind person and you're trying to figure out this elephant you have in
1: front of you it pays to have friends yeah at least three right maybe maybe 50 that'd be good (laughs) um yeah, if you, have fi- if you have 50 friends, and I'm pretty sure that that, um, that blind people touching the elephant was from the Bach of Advita, and if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't just three people. It was many people. Many, yeah. In the second version. And with many people touching it in many places, they can communicate. It's the beauty of being a human, and they can say, oh, yeah, that's an elephant. It's not a snake. It's not a vine. It's not a tree. It's an elephant. If you take, and many do, this is why we're doing this cast, if you take a purely vertical, logical conception of your career choice, career ideas, into the executive clouds, the matrix, you'll get frustrated. And frankly, like you said, Mike, they're going to feel lost and the career matrix of executive life will confound you. And it'll take a little bit of the wind out of your sails. And Of course, the solution to that, obviously, is if you don't know what you're doing, you start feeling bad, call somebody. Now, don't tell them you feel bad. Just start asking questions. And if you're not yet an executive, folks, prepare yourself for this uncertainty. Prepare yourself for the doubt you're going to feel. If you are an executive and you're still thinking about ladders in heaven and linearity, because wouldn't that be easy? please disabuse yourself of that outdated model. In fact, I say outdated. It never existed. People just made it up so it would be easier to think about getting from the bottom all the way to the top. And so, they extend the ladder into a place where it never existed at the executive level. Look, something else. Don't aspire to climbing because climbing implies that Verticality. You don't need necessarily to go vertically. You can go laterally twice. And then, when they need somebody to lead the biggest cross functional project with a billion dollar budget in the history of the company, the only one who has worked in all four operating divisions is you, and you get the job. So, you took two laterals. You've been everywhere in different roles across the organization. You have thousands of relationships. And by the way, if you're an executive, you have less than a thousand relationships. That's The break-even point. It's a thousand. It's not 150. But because of those jobs you took that were lateral that helped you broaden yourself, suddenly now you're a step away from the CEO. Or if nothing else, you're reporting to her every week on the billion dollars of capital that she graced you with.
0: You know about that working in different areas of the business, right? This example you just described. I will admit my Utter, complete stupidity around that. I heard that. I've seen that, participate in that, yeah. whatever I owe uh, in my career. And I I don't know why I don't, because I'm just <laughs> stupid about relationships. But I always thought of it as learning the business, right? Learning sales or learning marketing and technology and operations. The business, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that you see that you're, that you're stupid in that regard. That's what everybody thinks. Right. And I just completely missed the value of all the relationships and all the disparate pieces of business that you would have and what that would mean in terms of your ability as an executive exactly. to get things done. Like I just completely missed it. What an yeah. idiot. I swear. Yeah. And when I say that I, th- I think of Will Farrell saying, What an idiot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so If you're an executive and you're learning this now for the first time or it's been in your head a little bit, you didn't have a clear map of the territory you're in. And by the way, executive territory maps, you have to update them nearly every week. It's, you know, it's not like this is an interstate that's not going to move for the next 50 years. But resolve yourself to start paying attention. And to significantly increase the amount of information you can get to understand the territory that you're in, or at least build a map—not that the map is the territory—and that means having friends. It means having relationships and asking questions.
0: Right. Good. Well, look, I, we've got a long one, and our next section is incredibly long, and we'll we'll be at probably an hour podcast if we start that and it makes no sense to cover half of it a single singular point half now and then half in the next show. So let's let's stop here.
1: A little shorter than normal, folks, but we, we'll pay you back. You know, I just I just think there are people who are already going, Oh, I know what I need to do. Now of course it's executive tools, so we're gonna tell you what to do <laughs> in annoying detail. But yeah, I think I think that particularly for executives if they haven't if they're if you're a young executive and you heard this and your mind just exploded you could probably come up with 10 things you could do right now including start working toward a thousand relationships
0: yeah if you get that then you're like you're miles ahead mile ahead of, ahead of the course. Course. yeah <laughs> and yeah um, all right thanks dude we'll uh we'll pick this up next time and thanks everyone thanks partner have a great one folks so long